Welcome everyone to the Beyond Being Well podcast, wellness and inspiration for women who care. Today I'm so excited to be interviewing an old friend of mine, Danny Venn. Um, Danny and I met probably about over 10 years ago, maybe, um, now, and we kind of lost touch for a while, but since I've been back in Australia, we've reconnected and I'm so excited to be sharing um, what she's been up to in the last few years. So Danny's a self-taught cook. Uh, she's most widely known for her time on MasterChef Australia in 2011 and again as a MasterChef All-Star in 2012. Since then, Danny's hosted Weekend Feast on Channel 10. She's dabbled in Breakfast Radio on Nova. She's been cooking her way around the country. She's been creating recipes. Um, she's also got a catering business um, and she's an ambassador for Ovarian Cancer Australia. And she's recently launched her new website, thewholeheartedcook.com, which is full of amazing recipes and insights. Um, so I'm so happy to welcome Danny to the show. How are you, Danny? Thank you so much. Thanks, Meg. I'm so happy to be chatting to you and to be reconnecting with you. Yeah, it's really lovely. Um, so I just did the, the proper bio, but tell us a little bit about... Um, how you, your journey evolved and how you got into food and what you're doing now? Well, I must say that my journey kind of started when I first met you because it was when I first finished high school and we decided that the adventurous spirits that we are, we wanted to go overseas. And I know you went to Africa, but I went to Vietnam and that was where I really fell in love with Asian street food. Um, I just absolutely loved the theatre of it, the sights and the smells and the, as you probably know, going through Cambodia and Vietnam, you know, you're sitting on those little chairs and you can sort of smell the wafting sewage and the grilled sticky pork and all the fresh herbs. And I just fell in love with, with that kind of food, um, which kind of took me on a different path that I wasn't expecting because I finished a media degree and I was going to work in a normal sort of office-y nine-to-five job and then I was just like but I really just loved food and I loved cooking and I sort of thought well can I somehow make a career out of it but I didn't really want to be a full-time chef because it's a little bit too (laughs) (laughs) full-on but um but I I applied for MasterChef um just wanting to work in food somehow but not really knowing what what direction I was going to take which to be honest I'm pretty much still at that point sometimes (laughs) I feel like what am I doing but um I just I went on the show and ended up going forth which was awesome and went overseas to New York and had some incredible experiences and since then I have had um really really amazing things happen to me um being invited to I cook for different people, like different events. I went to Mumbai and cooked a dinner over there because Indian people love MasterChef Australia. Um, I've, yeah, as you said, done lots of catering and worked with different companies writing recipes and doing lots of videos on on how to do basic cooking as well as hosting a TV show and doing a bit of radio. Um, and most recently, I think my biggest achievement is becoming a mother. Um, so... To little Harlow, who's nearly eight months old now. That's incredible. Um, so Congratulations. Being, thank you. Yeah, so being a mum has changed my perspective a lot on life, I guess, in general, and uh, especially our health and the and our well-being and the type of person I'd love Harlow to 
well, not B, but like the, I guess the influences I'd love to share with her and the person that I am and that she'd look up to. Um, so it's, it's changed me a lot. Um, I've always been one to do things a little bit differently. So I, I live out in the country in the Yarra Valley area and we decided to move out here because we could, you know, be a little bit more self-sustainable and that we could grow our own produce and have a bit more fresh air and have a bit more of a country vibe. And I'm just so happy that Hello gets to grow up in that environment. Um, and also the wholehearted cook, I guess, was partly inspired by becoming a mum because I want her, I want Hello to eat whole foods and minimise po- processed foods. But also in a broader sense, I think I was just looking around me in the world and getting really scared that so many people are dying of food-related disease and that obesity has overtaken malnutrition in the world. And Mm. it's just like, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our bodies? And what are we doing to our environment, which is even scarier as well. Um, And especially in the last 100 years, it's just gone downhill completely. So I guess I wanted to use my little bit of profile to try and get people to think differently about what we're putting in our bodies and how we can take a bit more care of ourselves. So, sorry, I've probably talked too long. No, that's that's perfect. I don't even have to ask any of the questions that I had. You've just answered them all. No. Um, I love that... No, I love that you... um, That you... This came about because of, you know, becoming a mum. And I think that for a lot of my clients, but also a lot of women um, making the decision to have kids or starting to plan to have a family can be the start of a lot of health changes. Um, And I've seen you blog a little bit about kind of your own journey with healthy eating. But can you talk a Mm -hmm. little bit about more about like how you changed your approach to eating that is now kind of coming out on, on the blog and through your recipes? Yeah, I guess, well, I've, I've dramatically changed, I would say, in the last year. Like, I've really turned around. Like, I I think maybe because I was pregnant and, like, weird hormones <laughs> going through your body when you're pregnant and I was craving a lot of, like, sugary things when I was pregnant. Um, but I, I definitely wanted to not confuse other people I feel like people Mm. are so confused already in the in in just life because there's so many different people telling us different things of what we should be eating and what we should be putting in our bodies like should we be eating like cavemen like being on the paleo diet or should we be quitting sugar and not having any fruit fruits that have sugar in them or should we be you know fasting and all there's just so many different ideas and I I just was so confused and I'm not an expert nutritionist or anything like that, and I don't claim to be one, but I was just like, there's all of these things are just serving to confuse people, I think, rather than help them. Mm. Um, and I just sort of wanted to go back to basics a little bit more and be like, well, surely if like Mother Nature has been providing us with food for the thousands and thousands of years, like, and we've all been pretty good, like, but, and then all of a sudden in the last 150 years, we've really put so many chemicals and increase the productivity of all our agriculture and everything which has had a really severe impact on on our health and environment like what what have we done wrong what are we what what have we, where are we going with this mm. so i kind of just wanted to take a few steps back and look at how like i guess my great 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 grandfather and grandmother would have eaten and without cutting like, out food groups because i love all food um and it 
fits well with my body, which isn't to say that it would suit everyone, but I didn't want to cut out food groups, but I just wanted to cut out the processed food and cut out the, I guess, the, all the food marketing that we hear. You know, I think we get so confused and blinded by food marketing terms as well. Mm. Um, and just, I think, um, I had all of these ideas and then I was like, I just, yeah, I guess I wanted to eat whole foods. But then my friend was like, have you read Michael Pollan? And I was like, no, who's that? And so I started reading In Defense of Food. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've, yeah, um, if you've read great. Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. And, and I sort of started reading it. I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I was thinking. But I was like, yeah. someone put it to paper and it was so exciting. I was like, it really is simple. It's not about going on a fancy food trend or a diet or anything like that. It's just really going back to basics and eating food that our ancestors have been eating for generations mm. um, and not trying to overcomplicate it or confuse things. Mm. I guess that's kind of where, that's the kind of approach that I take now. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to figure that out. Um, like I, as I said, like I did eat a lot of, I don't know why I felt like, donutty muffiny things which I don't normally eat but when I was like, I don't know why that's sort of what I felt like but I think as well if your body's telling you that you need like something like that you shouldn't deny yourself or else you end up mm. binging so yeah totally um, but, yeah, but yeah so I sort of just changed my approach and just be like all right I'm just going to try and eat food that nature provides or things that do come from a packet are things that are only got a few ingredients in them yeah I love um, it yeah, so that's what I've, and I, and people keep up, like, my goal has never been weight loss either, because I'm just like, whatever, and, um, but people, like, I guess that's what sells magazines, people are like, oh, weight loss, weight loss, but, like, through eating just that kind of thing, like, my body has found its optimal weight, like, mm-hmm. and I've shed, like, all that baby weight, which, it drives me insane seeing, you know, in the media, all those, and that, go on these crazy like diets and stuff to lose their baby weight and it's unnatural or they you know that kind of thing mm. that that pressure that women put on themselves as well but um but yeah so I've found that a whole food diet has been really beneficial to me I love it that's um I love that message around simple food and whole food because it's something that um I think as you say we really need to get these simple messages across yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know it's not like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that complicated. Exactly. Like we have been eating and surviving for so many years, like thousands of years, and then all, all of a sudden it's like it's, people don't know what to eat anymore. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? And I and I love that um that approach to kind of in, in a more intuitive eating approach as well. Like if you feel like something then you can have it and that's fine. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just you just want it even more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask Dan. Um, a lot of my clients are like just starting to take footsteps towards a healthier diet, um, but one of the major obstacles, or two of the major obstacles they face, one is time, um, particularly as new mums or um, very busy women working in caring industries. Um, Definitely. And then the second one is just knowledge and education about cooking um so mm-hmm. how can we fall in love with food and cooking in a way that nurtures our bodies do you think oh um i think a way to fall in love with it is to really celebrate like celebrate the seasons and celebrate what is in season and fresh and if you have i know not everyone has the chance to grow something yourself 
But if you even just have like a little herb garden or you just try and plant one thing, like if it's carrots or broccoli, and you nurture that vegetable and you see the effort and love that goes into growing one thing, one produce, a piece of produce, then you'll understand, like you'll just appreciate it so much more and understand how much love goes into into our food when we're growing it ourselves. I know not everyone is going to be able to do that, but we'll also put into perspective, I think, um, the price of food. I think a lot of people want to buy things that are the cheapest and often they are the things that have been grown with chemicals and fertilisers. Um, but once you grow something yourself, you see how much how much time and effort goes into it and you think, how can something be so cheap when it's grown on a commercial scale? Mm. Um, but, oh, sorry. <laughs> Got the little baby rolling around on the floor. Um, but also, just try and, I guess, be a little bit organised and spend a little bit of time, whether it's on a Sunday or on the weekend, um, planning your meals because the worst, thought in the world I know for a lot of people is what am I going to have for dinner and if you don't have something already organized if you don't have something in the in the fridge that you can just easily pull out and pull something together like you just won't want to cook and you won't it will just be a dreadful thought and I even have that sometimes I'm like oh am I going to cook for dinner and I just love it when I have planned my week of even if it's just we've got three meals in the fridge that you can easily just whip out and I know how time poor everybody is especially if you've got a baby you've really got to put something together quickly so just just aim for simplicity don't aim to create like the world's best chef designed meal (laughs) just aim to cook simple foods with um, whole ingredients and be organized though because when you're not organized then you're tempted to get your takeaway food or you you're tempted to use like those shortcut meals that you get from the freezer section or the sources that, you know, uh, you know, might be a really quick, easy dinner. But if you look at the label, you see so much extra sugar and preservatives and all kinds of things added to it. Basically, if there's a number on a label, I'd avoid it. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, how we can fall back in love with food. And winter's um, often a time when we crave kind of sweets and treats and heavy starchy things. Um, Mm -hmm. What's in season at the moment that we can cook with that's um, good for us as well? um, Well, I'm obsessed with Brussels sprouts. (laughs) I know not everyone is, but if you cook them just by gently pan frying them instead of like really boiling them. Um, I love Brussels sprouts. And then you've got lots of your um, broccolis and cauliflowers, which are great for like really simple, quick stir fries. Um, And of course, slow cooking is a perfect season for slow cooking. So, you know, your celeriac and your parsnips and your carrot with some like um, good quality chuck steak or something like those cheaper cuts. Um, just chop them up and pop them into your slow cooker and with some nice veggies and you'll have like a beautiful meal as well which is simple to prepare and it's ready for when you get home from work so yeah I I do a lot of slow cooking and the best thing about like um, soups as well um, you know making a big batch of that and it usually lasts you a few days so it's good or you can freeze it I think batch cooking is such a great um 
thing to do uh, when when I talk to women who do make the time to get organized like you say it's like they feel really um it's like they feel like they're looking after themselves like it's a self-care thing in itself um which is really beautiful yeah yeah for sure it's great like if you can have a few serves to have fresh and then you've got something in the freezer you can put away and when you do have those days where you're like oh I haven't got anything dinner then you, you can just pull something out from the freezer yeah exactly um we mentioned a little bit before we we started going into it about nutrition labels but um tell us about the organic branding and what we should be looking out for like some people don't even know what does organic even mean and how which foods should I be eating that are organic and which shouldn't Mm. I be eating um yeah the organic word I guess is problematic in that um, I mean, it is. A, you should always look out for in fresh produce, organic. But even then, it's like I have these dilemmas where, say, for instance, I buy my organic veggies from the market down the road on a Saturday. The farmer up the road, he grows his vegetables organic, but they're not certified organic. But they're organic, and I know that they're local, so I buy them. So I don't have a problem with that. I think where people sometimes get a bit raw, like get the organic thing a bit wrong is when they buy things when nasty food marketers put organic on packet food that still has ingredients like refined sugars and that kind of thing that aren't good for you Mm. um and then there's i I don't know the list off by heart but there's apparently like the dirty dozen Mm -hmm. of vegetables that you should try to buy organic where possible um, Meg, you might know better than me. Yeah. What they <laughs> I can share the link with this podcast and the, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Mm. Um, so I think like lettuce and things like that have a lot, suck up a lot of chemicals. So you should try and buy that organic or grow your own lettuce. is really easy to grow yourself. Yeah. And you don't need a lot of space. So if just, you can get, you can actually grow quite a lot in just pot plants. So yeah and even having in the in the kitchen and whatever you can do that as well can't you yeah yeah so organic um we should be just trying to avoid packaged processed foods even if they say organic on them yeah definitely yep i think so Mm. and um tell us a little bit about i guess your food philosophy so on the wholehearted cook website um you mentioned a little bit at the start but What's your kind of philosophy to health and food and life, I guess? Oh, I think the most important thing is that you have to be, you have to enjoy what you are eating and what you're doing and, and you've got to be happy. Um, for me, food is like a very happy place. So I love to cook and I love to feed other people. When Harlow, who's just started eating, it's my daughter, like when she eats I just get so happy that I've made a meal for her and I just get a lot of joy out of that so I think for me for me it's um taking care and pride and putting time and a bit of effort into the food that I put into my body and my family's body because it is really important I think and changing I guess your attitude and lifestyle habits a little bit so that you can afford really good quality ingredients and meats and things like that I think I'd rather cut out things like soft drinks and chips which I don't eat anyway but a lot of people still buy those things 
if you cut out things like that, then you can afford a few extra dollars for better quality ingredients. Um, and enjoy meal time together if you can, um, instead of just sitting in front of the TV or eating on the run in cars and things like that. Try and make a time that you can sit down and, and eat and, and talk with your partner or friends or and mindfully eat, not mm. just consume. You know, yeah. Think about think about like the flavour and the textures while you're eating and really enjoy every mouthful. And you might find that when you're just in your day-to-day life, you won't just shove like a tin tam in your mouth without even thinking about it. You will actually really enjoy the process of eating and you'll really, um, you know, have some respect for food and for for cooking yourself, Mm. cooking from scratch. I'm glad you um, mentioned there, Danny, the stuff about um, expense because I think a lot of people do feel like buying organic is expensive. Even buying health food is expensive. Um, but I guess what you're saying is that A, it's worth it, but B, it doesn't necessarily have to be that crazy expensive as well. No, I think, yeah, you just have to be a little bit, put a little bit of effort into thinking about how you're going to, um, how you're going to plan your meals and, like even going halves in bags of things with friends or like going to one of those um, places where you can really buy in bulk, um, mm. things like that, I think. You, and you know, buying the cheaper variety of organic vegetables to put in your soups and things like that. Um, just, yeah. I think um, people often go to health food stores and buy like loads of um produce like dried produce that is marketed as being healthy when in fact it's just you know maybe about buying um more vegetables which would be cheaper and eating those than necessarily buying like health food yeah yeah i know because again in the health food stores there is still stuff that i don't know if it would cut it as being actually that good for you (laughs) you've just got to be really careful it's like you've got to think from a that people are trying to get you to buy their products and they're going to tell you what they want to hear, what they want you to think and feel. So, but you've got to kind of see through some of that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And just listen to what, I guess, your body's telling you yeah. um, and treating it nicely. We're nearly yeah. finished. Um, I just want to ask you, you know, so a lot of what my um, readers and listeners um, do for livings is about giving and giving back. Um, And I liked what you said before about how much cooking brings you joy and feeding other people brings you joy. How important do you feel like community is um, in health and well-being and how important is a community in your life? Um, Well, I find that a sense of community is so important uh, and I, that's kind of why I've chosen to live in an area where there is a strong sense of community. I have to go across to the general store and collect my mail so I see a lot of the locals <laughs> but it's kind of nice. Everyone knows your name and you can go down the street and see a lot of people. But, um, but I think it's nice to have that connection between people. I feel like humans and communities sometimes have got I guess have been a bit lost over the years because we are so not distracted, but um, insular. I don't know. It's just like with the creation of big cities, people have lost almost like their identities. They're just another person on the street that people Mm. don't really care about. Or so I feel like if you 
can develop a sense of community, you're developing a bit more of a life and a bit more of a happy place and you're feeling connected to the world. Like there's so much depression and and that in the world. And so I mean, like, I think that if people cared for one another a little bit more and and realised that we're all like part of it, all this world all together, um, that it would be a better place. So Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, but I feel like we're biased sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's weird to me final, that people can like, yeah. live in an apartment block on top of each other and, and not know who's next door. Like, I've always been, I've always had it. Like, my best friends are my next door neighbours from when I was little. So, like, I've sort mm. of grown up in a place that has a really strong sense of community. My grandpa, mm. like, was very much a big advocate for community stuff. Like, he always supported the, all the local community groups. And it's something that's sort of been passed down onto me. So, mm. I, I'd like. I like to have a sense of place and belonging, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a natural, as you say, a natural human need. Um, last question and then I'll let you go. But what is next for you? What's happening with the Wholehearted Cook? And <laughs> where can people find you and learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, well, the Wholehearted Cook is a place that I'm I'm just so excited that I've, I've gone into, into this direction because it's something I feel so passionate about and just, I just feel like myself in this space um, and I'm, I'm happy to share my recipes and that are all healthy and good for you and that kind of thing. So with the whole hard to cook, it's something that's going to continue to grow um, and I'm not sure exactly what's next because in my line of work, you never know what's around the corner. Um so I'd hope that um, I can continue developing recipes. I'd love to write a cookbook or something like that one day. I think that would be great. But I've always said that I never wanted to write just another MasterChef cookbook. I wanted to have some purpose. But I feel yeah. like I'm on the path now where I feel like I am, I guess, useful to people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to do that and just still be a mum. I think being a mum is... I never really understood when people said, oh, I just want to be a mum. I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I still do want to be a mum. Like, being a mum is a very hard, it's the hardest job you'll ever, you'll ever do. So, yeah. But it's extremely rewarding and um, and that. So, yeah, we'll see Sounds what happens. Like, but you can, I've got yeah. Instagram and Twitter and all of that kind of thing. So you can follow me on, on there and you can sign up to my weekly updates on my website and stuff like that as well. Awesome. And can you share a recipe with us for publishing with this podcast? Of course. Maybe a winter recipe? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think I think everyone will really love that um, because it sounds like your philosophy to food is, you know, so aligned with a lot of other women I speak with. And I'm so excited to um, have chatted to you today and share your wisdom. Oh, and it sounds you. like you absolutely have your priorities in order in terms of, you know, you're just enjoying being a mum and yeah. we wish you all the best on that journey as well. Thank you so much, Meg. It's really lovely to speak to you again. All right. Thanks, Danny. All righty.